We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. I'm not surprised you're not wearing something a little bit warmer since you're, uh, you know, in the cold country or a place also undisclosed, I guess. We are in the cold country this morning, Chris. That's right. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody, to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners in the D.C. Baltimore area on WAVA 105.1 FM, our longtime listeners on Sirius XM, Family Talk 131, and our newer listeners on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. That's right. You can just go right to YouTube on the Internet and check out LarryRosenthal.com and see the, the show streamed live, how it's done these days from different locations, and, and uh, you know jump in and check it all out. You can even ask questions on the YouTube uh, chat. You can, uh, Chris will bring you right on the air. Well, one thing that's happening today, Chris, is, again, it is uh, Open Mic Saturday, right? You Which bet. is my favorite because no holes barred with questions. Give us a ring today with any of your financial planning, investment questions, estate planning questions. That thing in New York called the stock market questions, if you have any questions on that, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, what happened this past week in the markets was just crazy. It was it was interesting to watch. It was um, all over the place. You saw capitulation. You saw st- buyers. You saw sellers. You saw all kinds of things happening there. Um, the market is turning toward this next business cycle. The market is turning toward where things are going to be on the other side of the inflation front. The market is turning toward where things are, are, are going to during this period of time when the Federal Reserve is starting to tighten down the, the economy. Now, this past week, the Fed left rates unchanged, which was wonderful. The markets embraced that at about 2.15 on Wednesday afternoon. The market shot up 
only to sell off later during the speech when when um, uh, just different things sort of came out during the Q&A question. You know, we're, we're, we're in a different place right now than we were last year. Um, you know, Jerome Powell said, hey, look, you know, here's the deal that that he sees that there's there's room for higher uh, to, to raise rates to beat down higher inflation without hurting the the labor market. And the markets took that as, well, what does that mean? Is it going to be too high? Are we going to raise rates too fast, too large, too quick, What too often? What does that really mean? You know, listen, here's the deal, okay? The Fed's going to tighten down the economy as, their, as one of their mandates. Price stability and maximum employment are their, are their mandates. And when you take a look at um, the, the three things that they're doing to tighten down the economy – with, with their bond buying program, their, their, their uh, uh, lack of quantitative easing going forward anymore, letting things roll off their balance sheets and raising rates to get inflation under control, okay? So, so um, now we have a little bit of a hawkish view with the Fed, and then all of a sudden you turn around and you take a look on Friday. What happened to the market? You know, buyers came into the market, right? At some point, people, <coughs> excuse me, people have to say, you know, these prices look pretty good. What's going to be the triggering event that's going to push this thing back up? Are we done going down? You know, let's just take a look at this and break it down because today we've got a list of questions that I've been hit with that I'm going to read on the air. Some fantastic questions. And, and you know, hopefully this will spark more questions for you all as well. One of the things is good news is the U.S. economy, okay, in the fourth quarter of last year, grew at an annual rate of 6.9%, which is the highest rate of growth in a single quarter since 1984. And at the same time, we've had the highest rate of inflation since 1983. So we're getting expansion and growth. The underpinnings of the economy is strong. We've got to get with the new normal. Prices have risen. Labor market's tight. Where does this thing end up? And it ends up with a new business cycle that's going to be coming out of this thing. Now, I still contend that we're in a long-term secular bull market, and we're probably mid-cycle to this thing right now. But we're taking a dip, a, bre- a break of, of, of just everything being fine and green every day in Wall Street, and the market's continuing to go up because we have a new direction with the Federal Reserve. M- monetary policy is still going to be very accommodative, but not just as accommodative as it has been in the past. <clears throat> and what's the number one reason people buy stock to begin with? It's based off of future anticipation of corporate earnings. We're in the start of earnings season right now. As a matter of fact, out of the S&P 500, uh, 500 different companies, we've had about 33% report so far on their fourth quarter earnings in 2021. And it looks like when you take a look at, at uh, blended earnings per share, which is current earnings and anticipated earnings, we are up 24.1%. Sales rose 13.7%. Tell me that's not a strong economy. Tell me corporate America is not doing well. They are, and it is a very strong economy. Earnings are continuing to grow. So here's the question that I have to ask. You have the market pulling back. And the market's pulling back because the Federal Reserve says, hey, boys and girls, prices are out of control. We're going to tamp them down a little bit. Does that stop industry from continuing to innovate? 
Does it stop industry from mergers and acquisitions? Does it stop industry from making corporate earnings and going forth and so forth? Well, it, it may affect it a little bit, but it's not going. You know, these companies are not going to just stop. They're not going to wake up tomorrow and go, "Oh, wow, the market pulled back ten percent, and now we're going to stop our production." No, they're going to continue to work on through. Industry does this. That's what they do. They continue to innovate. And when you take a look out there at the opportunities in in battery, in in biotech, in communication services, in in infrastructure. When you look at the $967 billion that's been allocated towards infrastructure over the next three and a half years, all kinds of opportunity that's out there. You know, and now you're seeing a, a shift from growth, long-term growth stocks to more value-oriented stocks. What an opportunity right there, you know? Should I be in large cap, mid cap? Where should I be when it comes to all of this? How so, do you balance out those sectors there, Larry? I mean, <laughs> you've been talking about different areas of the economy. How do you balance them out in your portfolio? Well, the way you balance them out right now, Chris, is first of all, you have to understand in times of, ex- of high volatility like this, everybody's in a boat in the harbor and the tide's going out. That means all the boats are sinking and all the boats rise when the waves come back in again, right, when the tide comes back into shore, okay? So, so you want to have diversification. You want to have diversification across different sectors. Now, the history of economics will teach you that from time to time you want to slant more towards growth. From time to time, you want to slant more towards value. From time to time, you want to slant more towards a blend, which is a combination of both, right? So do you throw away your growth stocks and buy all value right now? Probably not because the question becomes this. July, November, next March, when does inflation get fixed? When do prices come under control? When do we start again? Will growth lead at that point? So maybe you own a combination of both at this particular point. That makes a lot of sense to me, and that seems to be what the word is, right? And so, so we're taking a look at all of this here, and, and we're, we're saying, you know, what's going on in the markets? What's happening? And I'm going to come back with all kinds of questions after this break here. Hey, it's Open Mic Saturday. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. The phone lines are wide open. Give us a call with any of your financial planning, estate planning, stock market questions, whatever's on your mind today. 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. 
To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal live here in studio. And you can listen in on various different places on WAVA if you're in the Washington, D.C. area. If you'd like to listen over uh, our XM Sirius Rex radio, it's 131 and on TV, Larry. You can also go to the website, LarryRosenthal.tv, and listen live right there as you well. You got it. You got yep. it. Yep. LarryRosenthal.com, rather. There you go. Um, hey, anyway, so so in let's talk about covetousness real quick. You know, Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Mm-hmm. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And times like this, we get a lot of anxiety. Okay? It happens. It happens to me. It happens to everybody when the markets are going crazy and you get a little bit of a pullback. You know, if you like the stock prices just in December, just hold on a little while. They'll get back there. Okay? The day is, I'm not sure, but they will. The market, listen to this. The market. 100% of the time, after every pullback it's had since 1926, 100% of the time has reached new highs. It's just a matter of time in the market before it happens, right? So this is where patience comes in, okay? And remember, the market is an exchange of buyers and sellers. And a lot of times, the impatient sellers will sell to a very patient buyer at a very good price for that buyer, okay? Own quality, keep it in your portfolios and understand what it, you know, what your time frame is with the quality of those investments. This is very important, right? And let's not get anxiety about this. Understand it's the Lord's who provides and it's his dollars to begin with anyway. We need to be good stewards with it all. So some of the questions we've been getting this week regarding, you know, as a result of the markets doing what it's been doing and things like that is, why are bonds going negative? I got this question earlier this week. Larry, why are bonds going negative? I thought they were safe. Well, there's two sides to the bond, <coughs> excuse me, there's two sides to the bond streak. One side are interest rate sensitive bonds and the other side are credit sensitive bonds. Your interest rate sensitive bonds, traditionally, when the interest rates go up, the value of those bonds go down. And if you take a look, since 1983 or 84, interest rates have been coming down from 16 17% all the way down to zero. So we've had interest rate sensitive bonds produce very, very good numbers for all these years, off and on over the years, you know, because interest rates spike up a little and then come back down. But it's been on a trajectory of a descending, a declining uh, uh, rate. 
And so these interest rate sensitive bonds, you know, your long-term corporate bonds, government bonds, things like that, have done well. Now we're seeing interest rates, and, and watch the 10-year bond. It has gone from a half of a percent up to 1.8%. And then you're starting to see these interest rate sensitive bonds go down in value. Now, on the other side of the bond street are things called credit sensitive bonds. These bonds actually do well when the, mar when the interest rate environment goes up. So now's the time to be considering taking a shift from your longer duration interest rate sensitive bonds over to your shorter duration credit worthy bonds. During an expansion, interest rates go up. During inflation, interest rates go up. These bonds tend to do better in your bond portfolio. If you want to find out more about that, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the archives, and you'll see some information there, some literature, uh, and on on some, uh, you know, just just uh, on, wh on what we're talking about. If you want to get an uh, an information kit, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Feel free to email us off. We'll be happy to send you out the difference between interest rate sensitive bonds and credit sensitive bonds, the do's and don'ts and when's and why's you should own these types of bonds. But now is the time to really start taking a look at a portfolio shift, Chris, which goes back to one of your questions earlier is about different sectors, different allocations and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's one of the questions we got this week. Understand your bonds. You know, we've had a lot of people call and say, hey, you know, Give me a second look, Larry. What are, what are we doing wrong? You know, what, what's in our portfolios? Give us an analysis. We're happy to do that. If you want to get an analysis on your overall investments, your, your, you know, all, whatever you're, you're, you're investing in, uh, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and send us off an email. We'll be happy to do that. Or give us a call today, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Quick question Net for you, Larry. Are you, is your website live? You were talking about it a little bit this morning, and I know you were, you've got a new one on the way. Pretty close, if not already. We've got a done. couple more edits to the new one, so we're still working off the old one right now, Chris. Okay, but cool. uh, the it's new coming. one's ready to roll out. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, a couple more pages to, to sift through there. Uh, it's a lot when you sift through all those pages. Mm -hmm. So, um, hey, The second question we got this week, which is a great question, and I'm glad to see people thinking this way because they're thinking down the road. They're thinking, how can I take advantage of this situation and better my situation down the road? Roth conversions. Question is, now that the market's down, is it a good or bad idea to do a Roth conversion? So, so it's a, <coughs> excuse me, it is a fantastic time to do a Roth conversion right now. Think about this. If you had $100,000 in an IRA and you wanted to convert all of that, let's just say, okay, and now it's worth you know, $80,000, you're only going to pay taxes on the 80000 and then you move that over to the Roth. Then when the money comes back, it's all tax-free for yourself. Got this cough, excuse me. So, so, you know, now's a great time to consider doing some Roth conversions because you're converting a lower amount of money. And, and guess what? You don't have to sell the shares of your stock that's down, you can simply move the shares of those of those stocks right over into the Roth IRA upon the conversion, so you're never selling low. You're just moving it over. Now it does come with a tax scenario, and and I've always said this over the years: everyone who has an IRA needs to look at the pros and cons in your situation on whether or not you should convert all or a part of your IRA over to a Roth. And what happens here is a lot of people end up doing, well, we call it sort of series of little conversions over the years. 
So you convert maybe 10,000 this year, maybe 8,000 next year, maybe 22,000 the following year. But you're systematically moving money over to to the tax-free distribution side. And when the, when accounts are down like this, now is a fantastic time to consider Roth conversions for it all. Uh, very, very good. Uh, another question that I got was, you know, is now a good time or should I just wait to settle things out? Uh, you know, is now a good time to invest? Is now a good time to put more money in? Or should I just wait till the market comes back up and things get settled again? Because I'm a little nervous right now. No. You want to put money in now when the markets are down is the question. And it needs to go in according to what your objectives are. If you're looking to, you know, buy a house, the, you know, the this year or something like that, in June or something, and you're going to put money in the market today, I would not tell you to do that at all, right? Um, but, but if you're looking for down the road, then yeah, you know, I've got a whole lot of uh, quotes here today that we're going to be looking at too, you know. Uh, one of Warren Buffett's quotes is, someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And what does that mean when it comes to stock markets, right? What does that mean? That means you find quality stock and you buy it and you hold it until your objectives change or that quality goes away, right? So, so that's kind of the things that we're talking about today is let's take advantage of this with the new dollars for this person who's asking this question. And we can find some very nice quality stocks today, you know, that, 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 are, that are basically floating around here. Um, Another question, another statement by by, uh, Mr. Buffett. I will tell you how to become rich, he says. Close the doors, be fearful when other people are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful. In other words, if people are fearful right now, maybe now's the time to make some money and buy when this market's down. And remember, when you're buying, you're buying for down the road. Which brings up another question, too, that I got earlier, which which is, well, wait a second, Larry, you know, I've got 10 years to go. I understand that I'm going to buy today at these depressed prices and let time take care of itself in quality investments. I get that and understand that. But what about if I'm close to or maybe even already retired? Now what do I do? So here's, here's the scenario. When somebody's close or already retired, you have to take a look at your investments inside your portfolio. And let's suppose that you have you know, let's say, let's just to do math easy, 10 different investments inside your account. Well, maybe two or three or four of them are designed for very little volatility, but very little growth. And those are the sleeves, if you will, inside your portfolio that are designed to give you income today, while the rest of the portfolio is designed, <coughs> excuse me, for a little bit longer term growth down the road. And that's the way these things need to be constructed when you take a look at it. That's why for a lot of investors who are receiving income today, if things are set up correctly, and there's a few different ways to go about doing this, you know, they're not a lot of panic. Yes, nobody likes to see their January statement down, right? You know, some people say don't look at it. Do what you want with it, right? Okay? But my point is this, is that each investment line within your portfolio should be identified as to the purpose as to why it's there. You know, and, and, and that's really what you, you, know, you need to be looking at inside the portfolios to make sure that things are appropriately set up. You know? um, so, so if I'm already invested, here's another question. If I'm already invested and I don't have more 
uh, more money to put in? Should I stay the course if the portfolio has been designed, you know, co correctly? Or should I just get out and, 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 and just try and time this thing? Maybe it's going to go down further. Timing the market is not a good scenario. It's a losing proposition. You do not want to do that. Again, stay through this, and it's, your portfolio should be designed based off your time frames for your needs anyway with all of these things. So, so hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here, Chris. Let's keep these phone lines open. Let's open them back up, Annex, actually. Let's give us a call here, if you want, with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. If you have questions on the Federal Reserve statements, on where you think this market's going, if you have concerns about your investments, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You're listening to Making Money Sense, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. We've got a phone number for you, 855-767-3123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal, live here in studio, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, Chris. Let's go ahead and welcome Byron on the line from California. Good morning, Byron. How are you? Good morning, Larry. Actually, it's Brian, just to clarify. Oh, Brian, it is. I see that. I misread it. Sorry about that. How are you doing, Brian? I'm fabulous. Just wait for the sunrise to go surf. And I was listening to your program, and I wanted to mention a stock that might be worth uh, listening to and for your, re or your listeners out there. What's your opinion? So uh, there, is a, there is a company called Netlist who is currently – doing Google, Samsung, and Micron for patent infringement. They own the 912 patent, and their patent is the most sophisticated. Brian, Brian hold on a second. No, we're not going to go down that road here on this show. We're, we're, we're more looking for advice. That's kind of a speculative type of a thing to play on something that could come out in courts. But I appreciate your your thought on it all, okay? Um and uh, uh, I'll be happy to talk to you about it off air uh, as far as that goes. Um, 
Let's go ahead and welcome Charlie on the line from Oklahoma. Good morning, Charlie. How are you today? Uh, just fine, thank you. How can I help you, sir? Uh, I have a question. Uh, most of my portfolio is in structured notes, and I'm just wondering, is that a good investment? Well, the the I mean the the objective there is for them to deliver income, right? And is you know, are you happy with the income level that they're coming in, and then are you getting everything paid back? Are you happy with the income? Uh, yes, so far, everything's working out good. Well, so 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 you know, when you take a look, uh, Charlie, at breaking down the two different types of, uh, or there's a handful of different types. When you take a look at a couple of broad categories that you want to have an income type of an investment versus a growth type of an investment, you've chosen in this part of your portfolio to have an income type of an investment. So as long as the uh, confidence in the, in the uh, credit, in, in, in the people making these payments, you know, where the money's coming from is there, then that's fine. The issue is that as inflation continues to creep up and interest rates continue to rise, those payments will become nominally less depending on the length of those payments that, that, that's inside these structured notes. So that's a good piece of one of your uh, – of a slice of your portfolio. So I don't really have any issues with it. Depends on what else is inside there. Do you have other types of investments as well? Uh, just uh, some IRAs, and uh, that's about it. Inside the IRAs, Charlie, you can have pretty much almost any type of an investment that's out there, you know, from other income-producing vehicles <coughs> to growth-oriented producing vehicles as well. So you want to make sure that you have a good, well, diversified, balanced mixture in everything, okay? If you like, I'll be happy to send you out our, our toolkit, and that'll help break down some of this stuff for you. Sure, that would be great. Okay, well, listen, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your contact information, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions at all. Um, you know, so there's so much talk today, and, and again, I'm, I'm just reading here from a list of questions that we got this week. There's so much talk today about, you know, buy and sell. Every day in the media, you hear buy this, sell that, buy this, sell that, take a look at this, take a look at that, you know, all those all those types of things. You know, what, what, what's going on? What about time in the market? We talked about this earlier. Um, you know, the, the, the person here said, you know, sh should I be looking at this, getting in and out with all these recommendations every day that they hear about, they read in the media, or should they just wait time? You know, and, and that pretty much sells, sums it up pretty good is the, the, they answered their own question is, again, come back to quality investments and let time take place in the marketplace over time. Now, from time to time, you may want to sell something or buy something new. Right. But, you know, uh, like you listen to Warren Buffett and, and one of his things is, you know, his favorite holding period for a stock is forever. He also says if, if you if you plan on. On you know if if you're thinking about if you're not thinking about owning a stock for ten years, don't even think about owning it for ten minutes, you know. And 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 you take a look at the average length of time stocks are held today, you know, it, this is crazy, but it's less than a day. There's so much volume out there. There's so many people buying and selling all over the place. They're they're not investing. They're not investing. 
And if you want to make appreciative wealth, invest, don't trade. Okay? Again, it's a balance mix. It's an art. Sometimes you do have to trade. Trade to a different position, a different rotation, things of that nature there, you know. But, but you know, again, lots of questions. We, we love the questions coming in in emails and phone calls during the week. Again, give us a ring here this morning, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Here's another question right now, too. Is it true I should be buying more right now? Even though people say there could be more downside risk, should I put more money in, even though people in the media are saying, hey, this could go down even more, you know? Uh, and the answer is yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Take a look at dollar cost averaging down. Buy buy chunks on the way down and buy chunks on the way back up. Term. Oh, excuse me. In the long term, you're going to end up with this with an average rate of uh, average price per share over the long haul inside these investments, and that's kind of where you want to end up being. So, so yes, buy on some dips going down, and also buy on some dips coming back up. That gives you the average price throughout this entire period of time here, because the markets will come back at some point. Uh, let's bring Joe on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Yes. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, my question is, I have a four hundred one k. I'm no longer employed with my job, and I want to move it. It sounds like right now is a good idea for the IRA based on my life uh, situation. And do you want to? Should I move? Should I move it, the entire amount, or should I do it little by little? As far as okay. moving it from an old employer to an IRA, or moving it to a Roth IRA? I want to move it from my employer to whatever's going to be best for me right now. I guess I was thinking the IRA. Yes, Joe. So so there's a few things that you can do with money that's left at an old employer. One, you can leave it where it is. Uh, two, you can roll it to a new employer if they allow for that. Three, you can roll it to an IRA. Four, you can convert it to Roth. Five, you can pull it out and spend it and pay taxes. So if m most people go ahead and roll it to their own IRA because not only can you invest in very similar things that's in your old employer's plan, but you have the ability to make future contributions and, and get a wider span, in some cases, of, of investment choices. So you, you, um, if you're going to move it, I would move the whole thing, right, rather than moving Just it in chunks. Taxes. No, on a rollover, there are no taxes, Joe. On a rollover, there are no taxes. When you move your money from an old employer's plan, you do what's called an institutional, institutional tax-free rollover to your IRA. There's no taxes on that transaction. There's only taxes wow. when you pull the money out, okay, and stick it in oh, your pocket. Or when you oh. or when you convert it from your pre-tax IRA to a post-tax Roth, then there's taxes. But simply doing the transaction of, of, of uh, rolling the money over from your old employer's plan to, to an IRA, that's completely tax-free. I can send you out some information on how that's done, if you like, okay, to make sure you, you've got to get your employer's forms or you've got to call the custodian at your old employer's place and make sure that they write the check to the new IRA account, the new custodian. That way it's deemed an institution-to-institution -institution rollover, and there's no taxes on that. And sometimes employers have forms that, that need, need to be filled out. So if you want, we'll, we'll send you out some information on that. I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your contact information, and we'll make sure you get it get it done for yourself correctly, okay? Okay, but with, with the IRA, once I get it in there, I will have to pay the taxes eventually. 
eventually, and and that yeah. is a triggering event. When you go to when you pull the money out, you'll have to pay taxes. Just like okay. if it's in your old employer's 401k plan, if you decided to reach in mm-hmm. there and pull that out, you've got to pay taxes on it. But uh, okay. you know, if if you're under 55, if you're you know 62, whatever, there's different tax laws at different ages. Um, when it comes to that, uh, you know, like if you're okay. 55, between 55 and 59 and a half, you can pull it out from your old employer's plan, pay taxes, but you avoid the tax penalty. Okay, um, so gotcha. so there's different rules, but whenever you pierce you reach in and pierce the umbrella of tax deferral from your employer's plan or an IRA and you put the money physically in your pocket, that's when it's a taxable event to you, okay? Oh, I can, that's why they said they give you 60 days to put it in. That's a different scenario there. A 60-day rollover oh, would be like this. They would write you the check, and then you've got 60 days to put it back in or else you have to pay taxes on the whole thing if you don't or on the portion that you don't put back in. But if you're going to do that from your old employer, they will mandatorily withhold 20% taxes for you. So, so you know, I, I want to send you out this information so that you get this correct so you don't end up making a big tax mistake, okay? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. Definitely. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your information, and we'll send you out the the I think it's the do's and don'ts or how to go about doing the the uh, rollovers and things like that and all of your investment choices all of your choices with that so appreciate the phone call you're listening to making money sense dial us up at eight five five rose one two three that's eight five five seven six seven three one two three with any of your financial planning retirement planning college funding questions social security whatever it may be this morning it's open mic Saturday love the questions give us a ring eight five five Rose one two three. Here's another question that I got this past week, um, which is, you know, and it's should I rebalance now since the markets are down? Depending on what you own and where you see opportunity to improve, you know. But remember, most things are going up and down together at this point. Is the answer. So, so if you see, if if you see opportunity. In new emerging areas, because of the shift, because of the change in the Fed's positioning, if you see opportunity in a new economy emerging, not a new economy, but a different direction of the economy, then, yeah, you might want to consider rebalancing and making a shift. Now, do you throw all your eggs in one basket? No, you never do. You shouldn't have had them all in one basket to begin with, right? Okay. But these are opportunity times when you take a look at, okay, what does the other side of this look like? What does the other side of this change look like? Where's the leadership going to emerge from once all this volatility gets straightened out? Is there more downside? I don't know. Or have we hit the bottom? I don't know. You listen to the media this week, and they're all going to tell you, oh, well, it was – you know, options expiration date, options look good, you know, on, 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 you know, everybody jumped in on Friday, so, so things look pretty good. Um, you know, look at the, the market action on Friday. You know, some people are going to say, yep, that was the bottom. Other people are going to say, no, not quite. You know, remember, the Fed doesn't meet again until March. We're not going to hear from them, right? You know, so it's going to be about corporate earnings right now. It's going to be about other issues, world, you know, geopolitical risk with politics and things like that. So keep your eye on that. Keep your eye on energy prices. That's going to exasperate inflation. You know, Apple's earnings came out. They were very strong. They talked about the supply chains are actually looking a little bit better down the road. 
you know so 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 we've seen all kinds of comments all over the place whereas other companies are going no nah, supply chains are still still hard you know over time they're going to they're going to work their way out and it's going to take some time to get it all all sort of fixed up a little bit you know as, as far as that goes another question i got too was you know should i consider buying a fixed annuity right now since interest rates have pushed up a little bit in the recent weeks and the answer is well possibly maybe for a portion of your assets but remember it probably is not going to over time outpace both taxes and inflation because fixed investment accounts like that really don't they're almost cash equivalents and they really don't do anything over time you lose to inflation and then taxes as well as well don't they have some cool writers to them some of those uh, annuities though where you can actually kind of move them around a little bit and make them you know a good investment of sorts some annuities have riders. They have income protection riders. They have okay. death benefit riders. They have all different ty- They have a couple different types of riders on there. Um, but this one was particularly like it's almost like a CD type of an account inside this annuity that this person was really uh, st- sort gotcha. of talk- yeah, talking okay. about. Different story. So it is a little different there, and that that breaks open a whole nother conversation too of you know those that have annuities right now that are taking money out that do have those income protection riders, guess what? This market volatility doesn't bother them at all, does it? Yeah, smooth, smooth sailing. You know, so, I mean, again, uh, you know, pros and cons to every investment vehicle that's out there. It's, it's a just, stabilizing you know, factor for your portfolio, though, if you have a piece of it in there, right? It is definitely a stabilizing factor. If you've, if you've programmed it correctly, it takes away the business risk, mm-hmm. you know? Um, some of them even appreciate uh, your income over years, too which helps against times like this when you have inflation. Mm-hmm. Let's bring Angela on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Angela. How are you? I'm fine. And you? I'm well. How can I help you? Um, I have a retirement account from my job that I used to do uh, years ago. So I was just wondering, since the market is so down, whether it would be profitable for me to pull it out, pay the taxes, and just throw the money in the market. Angela, I would I would say I wouldn't pull it out, pay the taxes. I would just do a rollover. Because okay. by paying the taxes, you know, you're 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 selling low. If you roll it over to an IRA, it's tax free and you're buying low. So you're selling low and buying low. That equals okay. Oh. But if you decide to pull it out and put it in your pocket and just to pay taxes, you're gonna lose twenty, twenty five percent of it. And then you're going to turn around and reinvest it? No, just keep it tax-deferred, and that's the best way to go about doing that to, to accomplish your goal. You don't want to just pull it out and put it into a different account and reestablish okay. it. You're paying an early, unnecessary tax to do it like that. And I can send you out on, on just like we did the other caller, uh, the, the information on rollovers and how to go about doing that. I'll have Bob get your contact information and have, have somebody reach out to you to explain that to you, okay? That would be fantastic. Thank you. Yep. Let me put you on hold. I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Rick on from Virginia. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good morning, Larry. How are you doing? Good. How can I help you? Yeah, just had a quick question. You know, given the volatility in the market, just curious your take on the small cap space. It's, you know, typically, you know, they, they tend to outperform large cap, but it seems like small cap has gotten hit. <laughs> probably the hardest this year. I'm just curious, you know, your take on it and when you see it possibly rebound. 
So great, great observation, Rick. Small cap growth has definitely been hit hard. Small cap value has has uh, uh, some opportunity there, and and now you also have to take a look at at the different level or different sizes, small, medium, and large. And your your typical small cap is more growth oriented, so they're longer duration return on equity stocks. And during inflationary times, that's why they've been hit. And and as you observed, one of the hardest out there. So another question becomes this, well, should I look at small cap value or should I look at maybe going up in cap size? You know, because during inflationary times, you want bigger, stronger balance sheets, companies that have wider margins that they can compete on price and, and uh, gain mar- market share. You might run into some problems there in small cap. So there's a great debate going on right now with small or midsize, where should you move st- um, uh, cap size? Um, and then over to value or stay in growth. Now, as far as your, your question goes about when do I see small caps, especially small cap growth coming back, um, once all this stuff gets gets rejiggled and we get on the other side of this inflation narrative and we get back to more of a normal type of an inflation position, that's when you might see some of that start to take off again. So so consider moving up in cap size right now, and we can send you out some info on all of that, uh, just, you know, some analysis and things, and it, it, it you know, will not, just just some thoughts on it if you like, Rick. Um, okay. Yeah, yep. thank you. I, I appreciate a- that. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold here, and uh, Bob will get your information. We'll have somebody reach out to you next week and, and set up a uh, a conversation with you to sort of break it down even more. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Elaine on the line. Good morning, Elaine. How are you today? Good morning. Well, thank you. Hi, Larry. I have a question. My husband had to retire from his employment earlier than um, anticipated. And so now we will have to tap into his IRAs. Um, I'm receiving Social Security benefits. However, it's not enough to, uh, you know, pay all of our financial obligations. Question is, is it a bad idea to take out, let's say we have house notes, car notes, all those types of things, to take out maybe several months of uh payment to those uh, obligations, you'll take those out and, you know, pay them, let's say, maybe five months in advance so that we're not stressed knowing that we have these uh, payments to make each month until he's able to find an additional employment. And Lane, that's a to his employer. Yep. I'm sorry to hear about the situation. And I would really need to get a better view of what kind of assets you're talking about, what kind of monthly cash flow you have coming in, and what your obligations are before I would tell you to take the money out, pay the tax, and then advance these payments, okay? Um, Because you could actually put these into some dividend payers that are very low in volatility and can produce some, some, you know, income growth for you that might be able to supplement. So I would really need to get get a better view before I tell you to go about doing that. Um, just uh, that, that's got to be the, the answer today at this stage. And I can put you on hold, and, and Bob can get some of your information, and then we can have one of our advisors give you a call and break this down in a more, more detailed scenario for you. Maybe you end up paying one of the credit, you know, one of the obligations three months, maybe another one you don't. You just pay it monthly. It depends on the makeup of the investments and, and what we see and everything with your obligations and stuff, okay? 
Okay, so if it's something that we need to do, like, you know, soon, very soon, as we have our obligations due for February, then might it be good to maybe take out a couple of months as well as speak to one of your... uh, Quite possibly, yes, yes, but I'll have someone give you a ring next week, and they can get in the details on this with you. But the answer to your question is yes, but I would I would wait until we can get a better look at it before you start advancing four or five months down the road. Okay, okay, okay. Now, let me thank let me you. put you on hold, and Bob will get your your Bob will pick back up, and, and we'll have someone give you a ring next week and and go further into the into the details with you to see what's best for you and your family. Okay. Okay, thank you, Father. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold. Just one second. Appreciate the phone calls. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Jan on the line from Alabama. Good morning, Jan. How are you? Good morning, Larry. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. How can I help you? Um, My husband passed away a couple years ago. Um, I'm going to be 62 this year. And I've got um, his 401k that I'm the beneficiary on that I need to do something with. Um, I do have a 403b plan through my current employer, um, but I'm looking at possibly retiring within the next two years. So I was just curious if it's best to go ahead and roll his 401k over into my 403b or if there may be another option that may be, you know, a little bit more beneficial. Well, first of all, Jan, I'm sorry to hear about your husband passing, okay? Thank Um, you. Second of all, if your 403B allows for an old employer's plan to be rolled in, that's one one thing. But in this case, you would have to – there's going to be a few steps because you'd have to transfer it into your name and then roll it over. But most Mm -hmm. likely – you should look to roll it to your own IRA. Here are the things that you can do, and I'll explain this in a moment why. Um, you can leave okay. it where it is and let it keep growing based off of what's going on there. There would be a mm-hmm. couple of steps that you need to take to put it into your 403B plan, but but it's got to be moved into your name to do that and deemed a rollover account in order to be able to put it back into a plan. By doing that, you're going to be investing in the same stuff that your money's invested in, why not consider mm-hmm. more diversification? And also, remember, if you max out your plan, you can still put money into an IRA as well. So it gives uh-huh. you an opportunity for extra contributions by rolling it to your own IRA account. And that's probably the, the route that you should, you should look at going down. Now, you can convert it to a Roth or you can pull it out and spend it too. Um, so so I, would, I would say let, we need to look at – your investments inside your 403B and make sure that they're aligned with your goals and your time frame to retire in a couple of years and we'll select the best investments from those to accomplish that and then take a look at repositioning your your husband's money into an IRA rollover for you and then diversify around your 403B to give you income and growth over the next few years for what you need as far as retirement. And in the end, you want to make sure everything's pulling in the same direction of what your time frame is, your 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 financial needs, your income, and things like that. That's the best uh-huh. way to go about attacking this right now. Um, okay. Uh, 
So, yeah, if, if I'd be happy to put you on hold, and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and get more details to you, and we can start doing work for you and, and showing you how it all works and send you out some information on it all, okay? Okay. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yep. Let me go ahead and put you on hold, Jan, and Bob will pick back up and just get your information. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Hey, um, check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our Facebook. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Sign up for our monthly newsletter. And we also send out a weekly market commentary, okay? Every week we send out a weekly market commentary on just what happened last week in the market. Pretty good, too. I get it myself. You do? Yeah, I do. Man, maybe we should start charging for this thing then, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. Got to watch who's on that list, Larry. You know what I'm saying? Wow. How'd you get on the list? I don't know. I'm pretty sneaky like that. That's good. That's a good thing. But it is free. So, oh, so well, there um, yep, there you go. Um, but anyway, you know, hey, want to continue to provide education and information and things like that for, for everyone. Some, of, some more of uh, uh, Warren Buffett's quotes, uh, you know, that he's, he's just famous for is, is I got a list of. Uh, Buy low, quotes. sell high, right? Isn't he kind of. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But remember, <laughs> his favorite holding time is forever, right? That's right. So, you know, in times like this, this is, this is when, and you'll see this, and, and I don't have the chart in front of me, but when you go back and you take a look at what the markets have done, like over the last 10 years, let's just call it, let's say, I don't know, 9% or so, the average investor has done less than two, and that's because they get in and out all the time. And, and you know, there could be more downside here. There might not be, right? But at some point, inflation is going to come under control, and we're going to be off to growing again, right? Meanwhile, industry is going to continue to thrive and do what they do with their products, their earnings, their market share, their mergers and acquisitions, their innovation, right? So, so this is not the end. And remember, every time in the past that we've had market corrections, the market has always come back to new highs again. It always has since 1926. And so we have to make sure that we, we understand what the game is here. Short-term happenings, don't let it interrupt or mess up your long-term investment objectives when it, when it comes down to it. Another quote that, that uh, Warren Buffett says is, is, price is what you pay, value is what you get, hmm. right? Price is what you pay, value is what you get. And check this one out. This is one of my favorites. It's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. So make sure that you're buying quality. Make sure inside your mutual funds, your ETFs, your individual stocks, that you know what you own, that they can withstand times like this, and that they come out on the other side in the leadership position. He's giving Yoda a run for his money with these quotes. <laughs> a lot of the advice there. But, you know, seriously, though, you know, we, we laugh about it and things like that, and these are not the times to, to, to become emotional with it all. As, as emotional as everybody is, and I'm just saying, you know, stay the course. There, inflation will come down, and markets will come back, and a new budding economy will emerge. Now's the time to take a look at what's going to be the leadership on the other side of this. And is it going to be three months, 10 months, 15 months? At some point, we'll know down the road. So if you have any questions during the week, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. 
Uh, we'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you want a copy of our financial planning toolkit, just send us an email. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email. Be happy to send it out. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, as well as Bob's helper today, Annette, we appreciate <laughs> the... Uh, my <laughs> yep, there you go. We'll be back next Saturday with Making Money Sense. 